Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 41 of the old radio comedy podcast and another hump day happy hour edition. I'm Greg Fordyce. Today, we're bringing you two back-to-back episodes of The Great Gildersleeve, that super popular comedy sitcom that ran from August 31st, 1941 to 1958, and starred Harold Perry for most of its run. One of the first radio spin-off shows, the character Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve started out as a supporting character on the show Fibber Mickey and Molly, before getting his own show, sponsored by Kraft Foods. The show also made a name for Walter Tetley, who played Leroy, the adult actor with the permanent voice of a preteen boy throughout his life. If you'd like more background information on The Great Gildersleeve, I invite you to listen to episode 24 of this podcast, where I go into a little more detail about the show. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh as we bring you the September 14th and September 21st, 1941 broadcasts of The Great Gildersleeve, right after this brief message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. Each week at this time, the Kraft Cheese Company presents for your enjoyment Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, let me remind you that fall is coming in winter, too. And when chilly winter weather really comes, your family is going to need plenty of wholesome, nourishing energy food. Now, one reliable and economical source of energy is parquet margarine, made by Kraft. Yes, this delicious new margarine called parquet is a protective food of high nutritional value. And to make it even better for you, Kraft adds important vitamin A to parquet margarine's natural goodness. 9,000 units to every single pound. Now, of course, all this wholesome food value wouldn't do much good if your family didn't like parquet margarine. Well, we think they will. Thousands of American families do. Yes, they like parquet margarine's delicate, satisfying flavor for table use, for baking, and for pan frying. Best of all, parquet margarine is economical, yet it's made by Kraft to the same high standards as all Kraft food products. But why not find out for yourself? Yes, why not try a pound or two of wholesome, nourishing parquet margarine tomorrow? Just ask for parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. And 
now for the adventures of the great Gildersleeve. Yes, and now I'll check the grocery bill. Nine and nine is 18, and eight is 28. Uh, no, 26. And seven is, uh, let me see, 33 and five is... Uh, what are you doing, Uncle Moore? 33 and... Uh, oh, now I've lost my place. Sorry, I disturbed you. Yeah, that's all right, Marjorie. I was just checking your household expenses. Part of my job is guardian for you and Leroy, you know. But we never had any trouble with little things like that before. We never had to count a Judge Hooker before either. Why, that dyspeptic little judicial blunder. Oh, now, Uncle Moore. I'll let you get on with your work. Yes. Yes, I'll have to start all over again. Nine and nine is 18, and eight is 28. Uh, no, 26. And seven is... Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Ham or beef? And seven... Lost it again. Ham or beef what? Filling. What filling? Sandwich filling. What sandwich? That's what I want to know. Ham or beef? Uh, cheese. Yes, sir. Yes. Nine and a cheese sandwich is 18 and... Twenty-six. Well, I got it right the first time. And seven is... Say, Uncle Mort, supposing I could buy a swell airplane motor cheap, what would you say? Nine and nine is eighteen. Where am I? Oh, back at the bottom again. But I can, Uncle Mort. I can buy a practically brand new Bumblebee plane motor for nineteen dollars from Piggy Banks. What are Piggy Banks? They aren't anything. He's my pal. And this engine is such a bargain, I'm ashamed to buy it for that price. You needn't be ashamed, Leroy. You're not going to buy it. But, Uncle Mort... Young man, you're far too young to take up flying. But this is a miniature plane motor. It fits right in my model super-duper swooper. You... Uh, oh, a model plane. Well, I forgot you were a flying bug. <laughs> That's a good one, Uncle Mort. Yeah. How's about that $19? Yeah. Now, hold on, Leroy. $19 is a lot of money. Oh, not for this motor, Unc. Piggy never popped with it except his plane made an emergency landing into his pop store window. And he wants $19 for the motor? No, he wants $19 for a new window. Yeah. Can I have the dough, Uncle Moore? Well, I'm afraid not, Leroy. That's quite a large sum. And you know I've got to account to Judge Hooker for every penny you children spend. Oh, why can't he keep his nose out of our business? Uh, but that is his business, Leroy, sticking his nose into other people's. And he's got plenty of equipment for the job, too. <laughs> oh, but gee whiz, Uncle Moore. I bet you had a model airplane motor when you were my age. When I was your age, my boy, there were no airplanes. Everybody thought the Wright brothers were wrong. Well, <laughs> well I... I bet you had some hobby. Uh, let me see. What did I have? Oh, yes, yes, I had dynamite. Dynamite? Yes, dynamite was the name of my Shetland pony. Oh. He was my hobby, that little horse. <laughs> I can see him now. Bless his shaggy coat. Well, if you could have a big horse, Unc, why can't I have a little motor? Because I earned the money to buy dynamite, my boy. You won 19 bucks? How'd you do it, huh? Well, uh, selling lobsters. I lived on the East Coast when I was a lad, and I got my spending money out of a string of lobster pots. I never knew lobsters grew in pots. Yes, they, they don't grow there, Leroy. That's how you catch them. I can still remember how hard it was in the winter. Getting up before dawn, rowing five miles, sometimes in a biting gale, just to tend my pots. Rowing back to market with my boat full of lobsters and my hands full of blisters, then walking five miles to school. Yes. It's wonderful to think what you'll do when you're young and you want a pony. Say, what? came of that pony? Well, I took dynamite to school one day, and he bit the teacher. We didn't have school for a month. <laughs> Gee, instead of a motor, maybe I should get a pony. Yeah? No, I guess not. I'll stick to aviation. There's more of a future in that. Yes. But, Leroy, I said I wasn't going to give you the money. Oh, that's all right, Uncle Mort. I'm going to earn it, just like you did. A splendid idea. It'll help build your character, like it did mine. Yeah. <laughs> 
How are you going to do it? Oh, all I got to do is find a job and earn $19. Then would you let me buy Piggy's Bumblebee engine? I'll do better than that, my boy. Seeing that you're so ambitious, I'll advance you the money out of my own pocket. You will? Yes, and you can pay me back as you earn it. Oh, gee, Uncle Mort. <laughs> You've got a heart as big as your... As big as you are, Uncle Mort. <laughs> And don't worry about me paying you back. Uh? I'll get a job in no time. Yeah. And the, uh, can I have the $19 now, Uncle Mort? Now? Yeah, Piggy's here with me. He can't go home until he gets the money. Oh, yes, I see. Well, here you are. Uh, 10, 15, uh, 17, 18, 19. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, Piggy, it's a deal. Here's the dough. Yeah. Youth with its trivial problems. I wonder what kind of a job that boy will get. We have a morning paper route open. Got a bike? Sure. When do I start? Five o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, this is no cinch job, young man. You've got to deliver those papers every morning, rain or shine. Now, do you think you can swing it? Oh, sure. I'm awfully reliable, mister. I take after my uncle. He used to get up every morning and roll five miles into the teeth of a gale and then roll five miles back. Oh, delivering papers? No, lobsters. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess you'll do. What's your name and address, young man? Leroy Forrester, 747 Parkside Avenue. Okay, Leroy. Now advance and take the early bird's pledge. <clears throat> Neither snow nor rain, nor hail nor flood shall stop the carriers of the Summerfield's indicative indicator from delivering their papers and collecting at the end of the month. I do. Good. Now wear this pin, your badge of honor as an early bird. And may its luster never be tarnished. No, sir. And remember, for every paper that isn't delivered before 7 a.m., you'll be Dr. Nickel. Strange, Leroy isn't usually late for dinner, is he, Bertie? No, ma'am. Dinner's usually late for him. Uh. Have you tried phoning any place? I don't know where. To... Well, how about this young friend of his, uh, Porky Pine? No, uh, Hogface something or other. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, Piggy Banks. Uh, what's his phone number? Let's call him, huh? I got a job! I got a job! Well, congratulations, my boy. What you doing getting jobs at supper time? Yeah. What kind of a job is it, Leroy? Delivering a paper route for the Indicator Vindicator. Well, isn't that peachy? Indicator Vindicator, huh? Yeah. When do you start? Tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. Five in the morning? Uh, did he say five? You hear what the boys say. Yeah. Yeah, that, that means I gotta get up at four. Oh, and... Leroy, you can't get up that early. Oh, yes, I can. I'll set all the alarm clocks in the house. Oh, and... <laughs> Leroy, I'm afraid you're a little too young for that sort of thing. <laughs> Maybe next year. Oh, but you had a much tougher job, won't you, Tony? But Uncle's a big man. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a man then. He wasn't even an uncle. You promised me I could do this. Uncle Mort, you promised me I could do it, and I promised the circulation manager. How'd it look if we both broke our promises? It looked better than getting up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this puts me in rather a bad spot, Leroy. What would Judge Hooker say about this? That it's building my character. Well... Now, I'd better go to bed if I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock. But you haven't had dinner yet. Okay, then, let's eat. What's delaying dinner, Bertie? What's delaying, he said. Look here, you, Leroy. We got ham for dinner, and whilst waiting for you, I frizzled it, defrizzled it, and refrizzled it until it's frazzled. <laughs> 
dressed already, Leroy. Yep, up bright and early, Bertie. Hello, Bertie. Good morning, Leroy. Oh, don't look at me. I haven't had time to put on my makeup. I'm a sight. Gee, sis, I never knew you looked like that. <laughs> I like you better without makeup. <laughs> Looks like a skin rabbit to me. <laughs> Stop. Have you had anything to eat, Leroy? Oh, yeah, I fixed myself a swell breakfast. What did you have? A ketchup sandwich and a peanut bar. <laughs> Land of Goshen, boy, that ain't no breakfast. I'm gonna fix you some pancakes. What was that? Oh, just a little drizzle. A little drizzle? Why, Leroy, it's coming down in buckets. Why? <coughs> Why, look at that street. It's flooded. Why, the water's running over the curb. You can't go out in weather like this. Oh, yes, I can. Neither snow nor rain nor hail nor flood shall stop the carriers of the indicator vindicator. I do. <laughs> you don't. Not this morning. Oh, gee, Marge, I got my rubber boots and my slicker and my rain cap out in the hall, and I'll be riding my bike. You're not going out in that rain. Oh, shucks. This is nothing to what Uncle Mort had a face when he was a boy. He used to row five miles out to sea in a lobster pot. <laughs> I don't care if he... Oh, Uncle Mort. Well, he could take out the car and drive you around. I'm going to wake him up right now. Oh, gee whiz. Who ever heard of a guy's uncle driving him around a paper route? Oh, Uncle Throckmorton. That's very good, Judge Hooker. <laughs> uncle Moore? Yeah. Giddy up, dynamite. <laughs> uncle Moore, yeah. wake up. Wake up, Uncle Mort. Uh, well, uh, who's that? It's me, Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie who? Oh, Marjorie you. <laughs> yeah. Good night, Marjorie. <laughs> no. Wake up, Uncle. Uh, what's the matter? Fire? No, rain. Uh, hmm? <laughs> Coming down in torrents, Uncle Mort. It is, huh? Yes. Well, don't try to stop it. No, 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 Uncle Mort, you've got to get up Yes, that's nice <laughs> Leroy insists on starting his job this morning And you've got to help him Yes, a very good point You must get the car out and drive him all over his paper route Yes, to build his character What? I do? <laughs> yes Now put on some clothes and come into the kitchen Bertie's fixing some coffee. Uh, but coffee will keep me awake. Hurry now, Uncle Mort. Yes, all right. Uh, where's the light? Oh! What's wrong? I burned myself. That bulb is still hot. Why, Uncle Mort, what time did you get to bed? Well, I was reading a detective novel. It must have been about 3.30. What time is it now? Four. Oh, my. Won't you go back to sleep? Leroy's waiting for you in the kitchen. Yes, bright boy. But if people don't get the papers, Leroy, they'll understand it because it's on account of the rain. Bertie's right, Leroy. No, no, look. I got almost a hundred customers. And if I don't deliver a hundred papers, I get docked a nickel apiece. That's five dollars. You do? Yeah, and suppose it rains steady for a week. Then I'll owe the company thirty-five bucks. Why, at that rate, it'll cost me a hundred and fifty dollars a month just not to deliver papers. <laughs> I can't afford it. <laughs> Uncle Lord is very kindly consented to drive you around, Leroy. Oh, gee, you shouldn't have disturbed him. He had it tough enough when he was a kid. He's entitled to some rest now. Uh, coffee. <laughs> Here you is, Mr. Gill, please. Thanks. Uh, 
somebody hold the saucer. I think I can handle the cup. I, I hate to rush you, Uncle Mort, but we'll have to hurry. Uh, hurry? Where are we going? You're driving Leroy around his paper route, Uncle Mort, because of the rain. Uh. You better put on something warmer than that bathrobe and them pajamas. You know, summer's all over. Yes. He won't have to get out of the car. Here's your overcoat, Unc. That's all you'll need. Yes, uh, thank you. There, we're all set. Now let's go. Okay. Which way's the door? <laughs> right through here. Yeah. Oh, it's raining. What am I doing out in the rain? You're going to help me deliver my papers. Uh, papers? What papers? The man said they'd leave the bundle right here on the porch. Where? I can't see any... What? They left the papers all right. Yes! Why, in the name of Pulitzer, did they give you a newspaper route at the other end of town, Leroy? That was the only one open, Unc. Say, I bet this reminds you of the good old days. What good old days? You know, when you went out to the sea, lobster potting. Yeah. Why, George, I wish I'd never brought those lobsters up. How much farther is it, Leroy? Oh, just a block or two. Oh, no, stop right here. Yeah. Hey, here's my first customer. The Taj Mahal Bungalow Court. Yeah. You just wait here while I deliver four papers. Yes. Better turn on the radio or I'll fall asleep. If you're troubled with insomnia, why don't you trot right down to your nearest open all-night drug store and purchase a can of Dr. Dollop's delicious dream drops? Is that so? Yes. <laughs> and tell the druggist that Bert, the night clerk, sent you. Yes. And after you've taken a dozen drops, you'll doze into a delightful delirium from... That guy would put an owl to sleep. Okay, Uncle Mort. Drive straight ahead to the next corner. Yes. Yeah. Now turn right. Right. Oh, careful of that milk wagon, Uncle Mort. What milk wagon? I don't... Oh! 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 Yeah, whoa. Hey, you. What you mean, running into my wagon? Yeah, what are you doing in the middle of the road? I parked against the curb, you big chowderhead. Oh! Now, see here, don't you talk to me that way, or I'll... I'll pasteurize you, you little half-pint feather. Look out, Uncle Mort. He ain't so little. He ain't? I mean, he isn't? Oh, well, he can't frighten me. I got a good notion to report you to the police. Skipping around that corner and smacking up against my wagon and shoving my horse into a mailbox. I didn't mail your horse. Uh, huh? <laughs> yes, he's shaking up my milk, too. Well, that's good. Why don't you stay home nights like respectable folks? No, see here. I'm always having trouble with you playboys. Playboys? What do you mean? Why don't you come around the I did not. You woke him up yourself. Uh, let's get out of here, Uncle yes. Mort. I still got a lot of papers to deliver. Yes, that's right. Let's get out of here. It's too noisy. The nerve of that milkman. Parked in the dark. And by Jove, he didn't have his taillight burning, did he, Leroy? I didn't notice. Well, he didn't. I think I'll go right back. Oh, and... no, no, no. We haven't got time, Uncle. Yes. We've just been out for 15 minutes, and I'm already half an hour behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for that milkman that you are. I'm just beginning to think of some things I should have told him. Funny, they always come just five minutes too late. You better watch where you're going, Uncle Mort. The water's pretty deep here. Uh, you might get off the road. Uh, does seem to be getting uh, deeper, doesn't it? Yep. 
Uh, throw your flashlight on that sign over there, Leroy. Sure. Uh, can you read it? What does it say? Warning! No fishing allowed! Oh! Oh, my goodness, a lake! Where's the street? I better turn around. It's back that way. Yes, I see it now. We'll be on dry land in a moment. Hey, don't worry, Leroy. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. I, uh, I think the carburetor's flooded with water. Boy, now we are in a hole. Yeah. I wonder what we can do now. Uh, well, I... Uh, oh, boy! Huh? We're going to get a break. Uncle Mort. Somebody's coming down the street. Well... Hey, mister, will you pull us out? Sure, partner. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Hey, ain't this the car that ran into me over on Quinn Avenue? <laughs> yes, but... Wow. Uh... <laughs> if you haven't got more brass than the Marine Band, asking me to pull you out. Yes, but I'm willing to pay you. No, thanks. Giddy up, Nelly. <laughs> Go jump in your milk, both of you. It's getting pretty late, Uncle Morton. We still have a lot of papers to deliver. What are we going to do? Well, the car won't move, Leroy. Looks like we'll have to travel the rest of the way on foot. And I'm wearing bedroom slippers. Well, at least it stopped raining. Come on, Leroy. You take that bundle and I'll carry the rest. Ooh! The water is cold. You want me to carry a piggyback, Uncle Morton? There's no time for joking, Leroy. Oh, good gravy. It's starting to rain again. Come on, Uncle Mort. Just 12 more papers to deliver and we're through. Hi, uh, George. I'm soaked to the marrow. And on me, that's pretty far down. <laughs> Here's 2100 Burnside. It's your turn to put it on the porch, junk. That's a long walk up there, Leroy, and I'm rapidly reaching the end of my tether. Suppose I just throw it up on the porch, huh? Oh, no, no. You can't do that. Us yeah? early birds aren't allowed to throw papers, Uncle Mort. Well, I'm no early bird. I'll bet my aim is still pretty good, too. Oh, but we've got orders. Oh, it's all right. Just this once, huh? Watch me place it on the porch. There it goes. Oh, oh, gee. It hit a window on the second floor. I told you. It Let's not go- stand around, Leroy. We delivered the paper, didn't we? Come on, quick. We might as well get going. Operator. Operator. Where's that operator? Get me the police department at once. Hello, police. This is Judge Hooker at 2100 Burnside. An attempt has just been made on my life. Somebody threw something wrapped in a newspaper through my window. It might be a bomb. I'm trying a gangster in my court, and his mob is probably trying to rub me out. Get him at all costs. Spread out a dragnet. Do something. Attention, all cars. Proceed to 21st and Burnside Streets. Judge Hooker's home has been bombed. Stop and question everyone. Investigate all parked cars. Bring all suspicious characters to headquarters. That is all. Rosenblatt. Oh, listen to those sirens, Leroy. Must be some excitement around here. I wonder what... Uh, uh, did you sneeze, Uncle Morris? What does it sound like? Sounds like you're catching a cold. Oh. I only got four more papers to deliver. Why don't you go home from here? Oh, no, I wouldn't run out on you. If, well, if you insist, that's a different matter. Maybe I'd better get into some dry clothes. Oh, huh? sure. Just go straight down 21st Street to Parkside. So long. Yeah, so long, Leroy. See you at home. 
Well, it's as cold as Judge Hooker's heart, and I'm as wet as a mad hen. I wonder if those policemen would mind giving me a lift home. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh... Hey, uh, officer? Yeah? Uh, hello, officer. I wonder if you're going my way. I'm all wet. I'll say you're all wet. Why don't you call a cab, mister? Well, you know how cabs are. They're like policemen. Anytime you need one, you can never find... Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> uh, present company accepted, of course. <laughs> Where have you been, buddy? Uh, oh, uh, hello. Uh, two of you. Well, uh, I, I've been out delivering morning papers. Delivering papers and pajamas and bedroom slippers? Uh, an overcoat, don't forget. What do you think, Joe? Smells. Smells to me, too. Well, I assure you, officers, it's true. I, I did it all for my little nephew's character. Uh, we're building it, you know. <laughs> it was raining too hard for him to take his bicycle, so I, I drove him around. Yeah? Where's your car? It, it broke down. Where? Well, I can't tell you exactly, but it was right near a, a no-fishing sign. Yeah? Well, where's your nephew? Uh, he went that way. <laughs> Say, fellows, I'm terribly cold. Couldn't you give me a lift? What do you think, Joe? Okay. Get in. Uh, oh, thanks very much. Ooh, uh, a gun. <laughs> I hope this isn't going to be out of your way, boys. I live at 747 Parkside. Got it, Joe? Sure. Oh, but you're headed the wrong way, Joe. Oh, no, I'm not, buddy. I'm headed for police headquarters. Oh, my goodness. Now, Mr. Gildersleeve, you say your aim wasn't very good. Yes, Judge Rand. I hadn't had much sleep, and, well, I had the wind and the rain and my hair and my eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, instead of uh, throwing the paper on this man's porch, you broke an upstairs window. Yes. I was trying to throw a curve, Your Honor. <laughs> well, Mr. Gildersleeve, your story sounds reasonable, and if you'll just wait in the sergeant's office till he can check it... Oh, gladly. I think you'll be able to go home in an hour or less. I want to thank you, Judge Rand, for being so nice hey. to me. Yeah. I hear you caught the man who tried to kill me. Let's get a look at him. Here, here, one moment. This is a police court, not a pool room. <clears throat> who are you? Judge Hooker, Superior Court, Department 25. Well, I'm Justice of the Peace Rand, the Sunrise Court. Take off your hat. Oh, excuse me. I'm a little excited. My life's been threatened, and I want to confront the coward who... Gildersleeve. Yeah, hello, Judge Hooker. Do you know this man? Of course. What's he doing here? Well, we picked him up near your place. He's the one... Uh-huh. I see it all now. You were trying to... I was not. Don't lie. Order. Order. Yes, order. Order in the court. Order. Yeah. Now, Gildersleeve, you better make a clean breast of it. Confess... And I might be inclined to be more lenient. Say, wait a second. It's all right, it's all right. I'm trying this case. Now tell me, Gildersleeve, what was in that newspaper you threw into my bedroom? I don't know what was in it, Judge. I didn't read it. <laughs> now, Judge Hooker, I've heard this man's story. I'll listen I... to you later. Gildersleeve, you're guilty of breaking and entering my home. But, Judge, I've never been in your home. You threw something, didn't you? Yes, but... And it broke something and entered somewhere, didn't it? Yes, Then, but... by your own admission, you're guilty, and by virtue of the laws of the state, I hereby sentence you to one year... One moment, Judge Hooker. This isn't your court. I'm the judge here, and I'm capable of running things. Uh... All right, all right. I don't want to tell you your business. Then don't. <clears throat> 
Now, Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't think it's necessary to question your word any further. You broke Judge Hooker's window, is that right? Yes, sir. And for that, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm going to require you to pay for installing a new window. Uh, yes, sir. Is that all you're going to do? No, not quite. Well, that's better. I've never before seen such disregard for the dignity of a courtroom. Of the rights of others, as you've shown here this morning, Judge Hooker. Who, me? Yes, and I'm going to cite you for contempt of court. What? $25 fine or 30 days in jail. <laughs> yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> The great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But right now, I wonder what the parquet margarine users who are listening in would say if I asked them why they like parquet. Well, it's a pretty good guess that they like parquet first because of its delicious flavor. And a good many would answer, too, that they like parquet because they can use it so many ways. Yes, parquet margarine is so good tasting, you'll be proud to serve it at your table. And for the same reason, you'll like it for seasoning, for baking, and for pan frying, too. Why, more and more these days, good cooks are insisting on a flavor shortening for baking. A shortening that adds its own tempting taste to cookies, cakes, and pastries. And a flavor shortening is just what parquet margarine is. You'll find parquet's flavor makes it a delicious seasoning for hot vegetables, too. And a grand fat for pan frying that doesn't spatter or stick to the pan. And whether you use parquet margarine at the table, for seasoning as a flavor shortening, or for pan frying... Don't forget, parquet is a nutritious food and a reliable year-round source of vitamin A. Now, when you go to your food store, don't just ask for margarine. Ask for parquet margarine made by Kraft. Remember, Kraft's reputation for quality backs every pound of parquet. So be sure to say parquet margarine. It's made by Kraft. You know, Leroy, I don't think this paper route was such a good idea after all. Uh, I wish you'd uh, give it up. Well, I wanted to talk to you about uh, that, If Uncle you quit Mort. this job, I'll pay for that motor myself. Well, thanks, Uncle Mort, but... Now, stop I... interrupting, Leroy. I'll even buy you the most expensive model plane there is, if you don't carry papers anymore. Oh, but, Jim... Now, make to... up your mind, Leroy. Will you take my offer? Well, if you feel that way about it, okay. Fine. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say? I was trying to tell you, Uncle Mort... I was fired this morning. What? Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> you have probably heard that September 15th to 20th is Retailers for Defense Week. During this week, your regular food dealer will be selling defense stamps. When shopping, you can help this patriotic cause by taking your change in defense stamps. Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at this same time for further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Presents the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah.
Each week at this time, Kraft presents from Hollywood, California, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. Today's program is dedicated to the citizens of Gildersleeve, Connecticut, who are today celebrating their 100th anniversary. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, I wonder how much you know about vitamins and other important food elements so essential to our health. Well... With all the talk about proper nutrition these days, you probably know quite a lot. Yes, you know how important it is to serve your family the right kind of foods, protective foods that are nourishing and wholesome. That's why you should know about delicious, wholesome parquet margarine made by Kraft. This quality margarine called parquet is a protective food of exceptionally high nutritional value. It is one of the best energy foods you can serve. And important to everyone who knows how essential vitamins are, Every pound of parquet margarine contains 9,000 units of vitamin A, making it a reliable winter and summer source of this valuable vitamin. Best of all, parquet margarine has such a pleasing, delicate taste that your family is bound to like it, whether you use it at the table for baking or for pan frying. Yes, you won't have to urge them to eat all of this nutritious food they need. So for nourishment and flavor, serve your family economical parquet margarine. Just ask for Parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. And remember, Parquet is a craft product. And now for the adventures of the great Gildersleeve. If you take the other end of this trunk, Bertie... I got it, Mr. Gilsley. All right, now, let's lift it. Oh, I can't budge it. Marjorie, what does Leroy keep in this trunk of his? Rocks? Yes, Uncle Mort. That's his mineral collection. Oh, well, we'll have to drag it out later. You can let your end down, Bertie. Oh, I can tote this whole thing myself, Mr. Gilsley. You can, eh? Hello, everybody. I'm off from school. Say, what are you guys doing to my room? Uh, your sister will explain, Leroy. Well, Dora Bell Claiborne, the girl I roomed with at school, is coming to visit. You mean that giddy little Georgia gal? Oh, she isn't giddy, Leroy. She's vivacious. Uh, Honestly, Uncle Mort, all of the boys at school were crazy about her. She had the cutest draw. Yeah, she always talked with a soap and a loaf. <laughs> Bright boy. Cut that out, Leroy. Excuse me, Uncle Mort. Leroy. Dorabelle's just about the best girlfriend I've got. What's that got to do with my room? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Leroy. Dorabelle's going to be in your room while she's here. Yeah? Where do I sleep? On a cot in my room. Oh, gee, Uncle Mort. Well, what's wrong with staying in Uncle Mort's room? Well, if you must know, he snores all the time. Oh, no. Only when I sleep. <laughs> and when I do, just to roll me over on my side. Oh, me? If you don't mind, I'd rather sleep in my own room. Let that silly dame go to a hotel. Oh, now, stop that, Leroy. Uncle Mort, make him quit. Yes. You're too young to uh, bully your sister, Leroy. Well, you're older. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this girl is Marjorie's chum, and naturally she has to give her the key to the city. But all she's given her is the key to my room. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you liked Dorabelle when you met her three years ago. Oh, I was just a kid then. I used to like anything. <laughs> Nevertheless, Leroy, we must show Miss Claiborne some of that famous southern hospitality. 
Uh, now help us move all this juvenile junk out of here. Oh, I'll take the things out of the bathroom. Yes, all right. Uh, tell Bertie to get some fresh towels and... Yeah. Yeah, what's wrong? In the bathtub. A frog. Yeah. Nonsense, there's no frog in the bathtub. Or is there, Leroy? There should be, too. <laughs> Their names are Jake and Lena. Yes. Oh, get them out. Get them out. Oh, don't be afraid, sis. These aren't wild frogs. Young man, how long have you had these frogs in your bathtub? Oh, just a week or so. Oh. Do you mean to say it's been a week since you had a bath? Oh, keep your shirt on, sis. I take a shower every day at school. Your school started yesterday. <laughs> now, you get rid of Jake and Lena. But frogs are a benefit to mankind. I read where they catch flies in the encyclopedia. Encyclopedia? By George, I'll take them out myself. Oh, there. Uh, stay still, uh, Lena. Oh, jumping jelly beans. What's wrong, Uncle? They've escaped. Leroy, oh. help me catch them. Okay. Marge, fetch that butterfly oh, yes, net. Uh, here, Jake. Here, Lena. Uh, nice froggies. Here, nice froggies. Say, how do you call a frog? Oh, slippery, aren't they? Is this the home of Miss Marjorie Forrester? Yes, ma'am. Come right in. Oh, Dora Bell. Marjorie. Oh, my, how lovely you look, Doraville. And you, my dear, you look just exactly the same, only four years older. <laughs> it's just three years, Doraville. Oh, yes. I'm so forgetful. I never did have a head for figures. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> come here, Doraville. I want you to meet my Uncle Mort. Uncle Mort, Miss Doraville Claiborne. Uh, charmed, I'm sure. Well, I do declare, Marjorie, if you haven't got the uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come now. Hey, here's your bags, miss. All 12 of them. Oh. I'll have Bertie put them away. Oh, thank you, sugar. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're much younger than I expected. And uh, you're much prettier than I expected. <laughs> oh, uh, there's Leroy. Leroy, come over here and say hello to Miss Claiborne. Hello. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me this is little Leroy. Yeah. Why, the last time I saw you, you were nothing but a and now, isn't he developing into the handsomest boy? Oh, horse feathers. Uh, Leroy. Come with me, Doorbell. Your room's ready. Oh, but you shouldn't have bothered, honey. Goodbye for now, Uncle Maud. It was so charming meeting y'all. Yeah, so long, uh, Doorbell. <laughs> this way, darling. There, here's your room. Oh, how nice and cozy. I just love being here. I just can't wait till I meet some of your charming northern boys. But what about Harvey? Harvey? Who's that? Why, the boy you were engaged to. Remember you wrote me about him in April? In April? Oh, that must have been Harvey Jackson. Did something come between you? Yes, the draft. I've been engaged to Joe Patterson and Sammy Full and Davy Lee since then. All at once? I know. What do you think I am, a flirt? <laughs> Of course not. I'm not engaged at all at the moment, so I thought I'd come up here and meet some nice, reliable men. Well, Ted knows a lot of nice boys. Ted, is that your fiancé? Well, not exactly. Yes. Is he nice? Uh, the kind you dream about. At least the kind I dream about. Wow. <laughs> He's been awfully attentive, but we haven't any understanding yet. Well, my idea would be a man who can give a girl a nice home and lots of servants and cars and shopping money. Why, Dorabelle, there's more to marriage than that. What about your happiness? That's just what I was thinking about, sugar lamb. 
can I come in? Oh, of course, Uncle Mort. Uh, <laughs> hello, doorbell. My, don't you smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you look handsome with your hair all slicked down. Oh, yeah, yeah. you uh, like it that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes you look like a movie star. Well, I have been told that I resembled Ronald Coleman. <laughs> Except that he has a mustache, and so have I. Now, Uncle Maud, I like you a lot better than Ronald Coleman. Yeah. Why, you'd make two of him. Yeah, I would, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, is there anything I could do for you? Well, you could go down to the railroad station and fetch Tuffy. Yeah, Tuffy? Who, who's that? My little dog. He's waiting in the baggage room. Oh, well, I'll be very glad to go. What kind of a hound is he? A little Mexican hairless. Yes. Oh, uh, Tuffy, eh? Hey, yeah. everybody, here's Ted. Hello, boy. Well, hello, Ted. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, hello, Ted. Darbell, this is Ted. Well, I do declare, Marjorie, if you haven't got the handsomest boyfriend. Uh-oh. Oh, now, you know better than that, Miss Claiborne. Oh, don't be so formal. Just call me Dorabelle, Ted. Well, okay, Dorabelle. Now, how do you like Summerfield? Well, give her a chance, Ted. She's been here less than an hour. But I know I'm going to like it, darling. Because I'll be just a trifle miserable till I get my Tuffy. Oh, yes, a Tuffy. Tuffy? Uh, that's my little dog. He's been waiting for me at the depot. Well, I'll be very glad to drive down there and get him. Yeah, but I oh, was... Oh, thank uh... you, Ted. I don't know what I'd have done. But I oh, was... nothing at all. Won't take me more than 20 minutes. But I was... Is that uh... all? Well, maybe I'd better come along. <laughs> Tuffy might be frightened. But I was... We'll uh... be right back. Everybody, come on, Ted. Yeah, we'll be right back. But I was. Uh, what was I? <laughs> oh, yes, I was stood up. Hey, sis, why didn't you go along? I don't know. Oh, yes, I do. I wasn't invited. Well, well. Chicken a la king for lunch again. For the third day in a row. Are you practicing to open a tea room, Bertie? No, sir. Dorabelle's favorite dish, Uncle Moore. It is, huh? Where is Dorabelle? Oh, Ted is showing her some of the sights around town. Shall we wait luncheon for them? No, they just phoned that they were having lunch out. You know, Marjorie, it's really none of my business, but... Hello, everybody. What's for lunch? Oh, cream chicken again. Why can't we have ham sandwiches for a change? Yes. Why can't we have ham sandwiches? Bertie, take this mess away and bring us some ham sandwiches. Yes, sir. Right away, quick. Yes. Won't take but a Oh, wait a minute. What am I running for? We ain't got no ham. <laughs> well, go out and buy some. You, you want a ham sandwich, too, don't you, Marjorie? No, I, I'm not very hungry. If you'll excuse me, I, I won't have anything. Hey, what's biting her? A little bull weevil. Dorabelle, huh? <laughs> she gives me a pain, too. Say, Uncle Mort, does Marjorie know Dora Bell is making a play for Ted Wills? Why do you think she left the table? Because she hates ham sandwiches? <laughs> Gee, I had a feeling that dame was poisoned. Uh, when did you get this feeling? The minute you gave her my room. <laughs> By George, I wish we'd left the frogs in the bathtub. I can put them back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not that, Leroy. We'll fall back on that only if everything else fails. Uncle Mort, this doorbell's given Marjorie the old sabotage. Yes. Now, we can't count on Sis to do anything about it. She's too proud to fight back. So we've got to do something. That's right. We've got to do something. Uh, what have we got to do? Let me see. I've got it. And it's foolproof. Uh, 
No, no. What do you mean, no? Let's hear it. What's the use? This idea would work like a charm, but you wouldn't stand for it. Leroy, in the past few days, I've stood for a lot more than I can stand for, and I guess I can stand for a little more. What is it? <laughs> well, if some high-powered guy stepped in and gave Ted a lot of competition with Dora Bell, I bet she'd get rid of Ted. You're a bright boy, Leroy. <laughs> Especially if this other man was a bigger shot than Ted. Somebody older with plenty of dough. Marvelous. Uh, but who could we get? I've got them all picked out already. You have? Who is he? You. Who? You. Who? You. Stop you hooing, Leroy. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, uh, me? Gee, will you answer the description perfectly, Uncle Mort? Look, you're older than Ted, aren't you? I am. You're wealthier than he is. I am. And you're handsomer. I am? <laughs> Here you are. Uh, then why have you got your fingers crossed? Why, she says you look like Ronald Coleman. I heard her myself. No, no. Let's not kid ourselves, Leroy. She's half my age, and I'm twice her weight. <laughs> but she's tired of all these young, skinny sprouts, Uncle Morse. She wants to hook a rich guy. Oh, uh, the practical type, eh? <laughs> now, I'll do all the hard work, convincing her you're a millionaire, yeah. and all you have to do is be nice to her. Give her things. Yeah. Take her out to the movies. Uh, the mushy ones. But I don't like mushy movies. I like Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> You've got to do this for my Uncle Mort. How about it? By George, I almost would. If she'd only stop using that overpowering perfume of hers, I can't stand it. Oh, I can fix that in no time. How? It's easy. I'll just sneak into a room, pour half the bottle out, and fill it up again with water. Keep this up, my boy, and someday you'll be... Uh, well, just keep it up. <laughs> then you'll do it, huh? Remember, it's your duty as our uncle, Uncle. You're right, Leroy. I'll do it. But something tells me it would have been a lot easier if we'd have put those frogs in her bed. Hi, Adora Bell. Hello, Sugarfoot. Uh, Ted called just now, but I thought you were out with Uncle Mort. Oh, I better phone Ted back. I've been neglecting him shamefully lately. Oh, it's no use calling. He was going right out. Say, have you seen Uncle Mort around? I think he's resting in his room till dinner time. We went to a movie this afternoon. What did you see? Hop along, Cassidy. I only went along to please him. I think Uncle Mort's doing all he can to please you, too. Yes, I wonder why he's doing it. Oh, you'll find out someday. You think I will? I hope so. How oh, aren't you, sweet? Your uncle's a very interesting man, Leroy. Yeah. You know, he started out as a boy with only one lobster pot, and now he's got millions. Of lobster pot? No, dollars. Oh, I never knew that. I thought he was well off, but I never dreamed he was a millionaire. Well, don't let on. He, he doesn't like people to like him just because he has loads of money. As if anybody would. No. He's just charming and lovable and sweet and handsome all by his own self. How did he make his money, Leroy? Why, uh, in enterprises. Enterprises? Yes, he's got them scattered all over the country. What kind of enterprises? Oh, uh, uh, various, you know, various. Of course, Uncle has always said he'd trade all of his wealth, just not to be so lonesome. He did? Yeah. And you know something, Dorabel? What, sugar pie? Since he met you, he's been a different man. Too bad he's so much older than you are. Oh, not too much. And besides, what of it? You're interested in somebody else. Why, Leroy Forrester, whatever gave you that idea? Oh, I don't know. You and Ted? Ted Wills? Why, he's Marjorie's fella. I'm not interested in him. And when he calls up, you keep telling him I'm out. You mean you're going to brush him off? I will not. Let him take care of his clothes himself. <laughs> 
Now you run along out, Angel Cake, whilst I fix up for dinner. Okay. Hey, Unc. How did it go? Oh, swell. Mickey Rooney couldn't have done it any better. Yes. And you think it's going to work? Sure, if you do your share. Remember, from here on, it's up to you. I'll try my best. It isn't easy, you know, playing patty cake with that little rattle brain. Taking that darn dog of hers out for a walk every afternoon. Yeah. Say, how do you keep Tuffy in line? Well, we go to the park, I buy him four hamburger sandwiches, then we both take a nap under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think Dora Bell's about ready to give Ted the gate. Good. That'll make Marjorie happy. Say, you better go in and try to cheer Marge up. Huh? She's been looking terrible lately. Well, George, you're right. I'll do it right now. Uh, there's another favor I'd like to ask, Leroy. Shoot. See if you can dilute Dora Bell's perfume just once more. <laughs> Who's there? Uh, it's me, Uncle Mort. Uh, do you mind if I come in? Oh, all right. Oh, oh what's wrong, Marjorie? Oh, sometimes people are a terrible disappointment. Oh, there are plenty of nice people in this world. They just seem to be nice first. Yeah. If somebody else comes along and you see them in their true colors. Oh, now, my dear, sometimes people get their heads turned by uh, other people. And these other people shouldn't be allowed to come between people and, and the people they like. They should go back home where they, where they belong. Now, now, my dear. Time wounds all heals. <laughs> why, why, before you know it, uh, you'll be smiling and laughing and happy again. But I'm happy now. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, I can see that. Uh, here's a handkerchief. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> It blow hard, my dear. <laughs> now, don't worry. Just leave it to your Uncle Mort. You mean you've done something? I surely have, Marjorie. Everything's going to be all right. It is? Sure. I'll let you in on a little secret. I've got a date tonight with Dorabel. What? You too? Huh? Oh, Uncle Mort. <laughs> How could you? Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, Leroy, I can't go through with this another evening. Dora Bell's had me doing the rumba and the conga and the tango and the fandango till I walk with a Spanish accent. <laughs> and tonight we're going to the country club dance, and she's going to teach me how to be a jitterbug. If I could only tell her what I thought of her, I'd be a happy man. Uh, cheer up, Uncle Mort. This can't last much longer. No, well, neither can I. Now you run upstairs and get my hat. Okay. Good idea. A jitterbug at my age. Uh, Hello? Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, this is Ted. Oh, hello, Ted. Are you alone? Let me look. <laughs> yes. What is it? Well, this is rather hard for me to say, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I guess I've been pretty much of a fool. That's a pretty good guess. <laughs> There's no use in going over the whole thing now, but I've got to see Marjorie alone and try to get her to forgive me. An excellent idea. 
I'm taking Dorabelle out of the house anyway. Oh, you're a pal, Mr. Gildersleeve. And don't think I don't know what you've done to open my eyes. I wish I could keep mine open. I don't ever seem to get any sleep anymore. <laughs> that Southern Bell has put me through the ringer. I can sympathize with you. Huh? Yes. If it wasn't for you, I'd never be in this mess. When shall I come around? Just as soon as you can get here. Dorabell and I were supposed to leave an hour ago. She should be down any minute now. I see. And when she does, I'm going to tell that... Oh, there you are, Dorabell. <laughs> Uh, goodbye, Mr. McGonagall. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> that was Mr. McGonagall. Did I keep y'all waiting long, frocky-walky? Uh, no. And now, young lady, there's something I've been waiting to tell you ever since you walked into this house. Hey, Uncle, I couldn't find your hat anywhere. Well, i better get myself so we can get going. But, Lammy Pie, you were starting to say... I'll tell you on the way over to the house. Lammy Pie. I can't understand you, Uncle. He's been so droopy lately. Why, that's because he's in love with you. Don't you get droopy when you're in love? Come to think of it, I do. Sure, why, why right now you're a little droopy. <laughs> Am I, Leroy? You bet you droop. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, you droop. And, and you think your Uncle Moat really and truly has a fever for me? Why, he was saying to me only just now, if I could only tell Dora Bell what I thought about her, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> That's right, Miss Dorabelle. Uh, call me Auntie Dorabelle, Leroy. Oh. And you can tell Uncle that we don't need to go through any proposal business. From now on, we'll just consider ourselves engaged. Uh, say, where, where are you going? I'll be waiting in the car, nephew. Oh, gee, now what have I done? i better tell Uncle Mort so he can... Uh, where's Dorabelle, Leroy? Oh, in the car. Say, I said something to her, and she thinks that No you... need for any more shenanigans, Leroy. I've got good news. Ted snapped out of his dizzy Dorabelle spell. And, and he and Marjorie have made up? Well, they will as soon as I can get that Dixie Dietrich away from the house. And when I do, I'm going to invite her to pack up and go home. Oh, say, don't do that. I just told her... Oh, that... you told her. A bright boy. Saves me the trouble, then. How soon is she leaving? Uh, she didn't say. She thinks she's going to get... I haven't time to dilly-dally here, Leroy. Got to get her out of the way before Ted comes. Uh, goodbye. But, Uncle... Oh, my... Leroy told me what was on your mind, Throckmorton. Yes, I know. Saved me a lot of embarrassment, too. I just want you to know I'm ready any time you want to set the date, honey bunny. Well, how about tomorrow morning? There's a train leaving. Oh, you mustn't rush me, you impetuous boy. <laughs> well, why not? Why not? The sooner the better. And it better be sooner. <laughs> Tell me, Throckmorton, are you sure you want me to go through with this? Positive. Say, you're not going to back out now, are you? Oh, no. You couldn't get me to change my mind now. Yeah, that's good. Well, this is our last night at the country club. <laughs> I have a marvelous idea. Let's announce it here. Uh, you think we should announce it? Oh, sure. There'll be just loads of people glad to hear the good news. Yes, probably more than you think. <laughs> Now, let me see. Yeah? Who'd be the proper person to make the announcement? Why, the orchestra leader, of course. Orchestra? They usually... Oh, well, look, who's the new leader? Uh, who? It's Danny Durant. He started playing around my hometown. Look, isn't he the handsomest orchestra leader? Yeah, here we go again. Oh, Danny. Uh, did you call me? 
Well, for heaven's sake, Doravel Claiborne, what are you doing up here? You'll soon find out. Uh, this is Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, Danny. Yeah, Hello. How do you do? And he and I have an important announcement we wish you'd make from the bandstand. Uh-oh. Up to your old tricks again. Huh? Yeah, that's right. And now, now she's going boys, home. Now, boys, stop teasing. Danny, we want you to announce my engagement and forthcoming marriage to Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes. What? <laughs> engagement? Marriage? <laughs> excuse him, please, Danny. Yes, this excuse This is me. his first engagement, and he's kind of nervous. Nervous. Throckmorton, you just... Calm yourself. But I, but you, but, but we. I can't wait till Danny makes the announcement. Can you, darling? No, I can't wait. I've got to get out of here. The orchestra has a short admission right now, Dorabelle. Fine. That'll give Danny and me time to figure out a cute way of wording the announcement yep. and to visit a bit. See you in a few minutes, baby lamb. Oh, now you're in a mess, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. What'll people say? Yes, and they'd be right, too. <laughs> Oh, now, what can I do? Uncle Mort. Yeah? Uncle Mort, Kevin and I hurried here as fast as we could. Yeah. Leroy told us he was afraid he proposed to Dorabelle for you. Uh, he did, Marjorie. Why didn't he ask me first? I'd have said no. <laughs> did you tell her it was all a mistake? How could I, Ted? I didn't know we were going to be married till she told that orchestra leader, and now he's going to tell everybody. Oh. Well, if I can stop him from... Oh, there he goes up to the bandstand now. Where? Oh, there. come on, Uncle Mort. Uh, no, no, it's too late. I guess I'll just have to face the music. Yeah, there's the music. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have an important announcement to make. Oh, here it comes. Not so long ago, Summerfield was visited by a beautiful vision of loveliness from down south. Yeah. <laughs> she charmed the hearts of all the boys, but there is only one man who is going to be happy for the rest of his days. Yes, slap happy. <laughs> this man, the envy of all Summerfield, is the one to whom she's just bestowed her hand. Bestowed. Thrust. <laughs> of course, you know the girl I've been talking about. Miss Dorabelle Claver. She's an old friend from down home. I wish she were there now. Well, it gives me great pleasure to announce that Miss Dorabelle Claiborne has just promised to become my wife. Uh, what? Uh, your wife? Hey, I've been jilted. Thank goodness. <laughs> The great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But first, I have a confession to make. You see, although I am the announcer on a food program, I'm no cooking expert. No, I'm more interested in eating good food than in preparing it. But I do know this. The most important quality in food, the quality that makes you a good cook, is the flavor you give to the dishes you serve. And that's the reason more and more women are using parquet margarine. You see, parquet is the new craft margarine that tastes so good. Yes, women everywhere are discovering that parquet is a delicious margarine that can be used so many ways. Served at the table, for instance, parquet is sure to impress everyone with its delicate, satisfying taste. You'll find parquet is a luscious seasoning melted over hot vegetables. For baking, parquet margarine is a genuine flavor shortening that makes cookies, cakes, and pie crusts that fairly melt in your mouth. And then there's pan frying. Yes, parquet adds flavor to pan-fried foods, too, and it doesn't spatter or stick to the pan. And remember, parquet margarine is a nutritious food that contains vitamin A, yet it's economical, too. So next time you order, ask for delicious, economical parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Just say, I want parquet, the delicious margarine that's made by Kraft.
Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, yes, Mr. Bannon? I'd like to read a resolution we received from Gildersleeve, Connecticut. Oh, well, uh, go right ahead. Here it is. Whereas the town of Portland, celebrating its 100th anniversary, desires to honor that part of the town known as Gildersleeve and the person who has chosen that name in providing joy and entertainment to the nation, and whereas the first Gildersleeve built the fleet which helped win the War of 1812 and the great Gildersleeve of the modern airways is building happiness for the American people... We, the Centennial Committee, do solemnly declare and herewith appoint the great Gildersleeve, honorary mayor of the village of Gildersleeve in the town of Portland, state of Connecticut, given under my hand and seal on this 19th day of September, 1941. Joseph P. Bransfield, chairman. Well... Well, I, I'm deeply honored. And let me say, from one Gildersleeve to another... I hope the old proverb about the first hundred years being the hardest is true. Then the next hundred years will be easier. Good night. <laughs> Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and reminding you that if the community in which you live does not observe daylight saving time, the great Gildersleeve will come to you one hour later beginning next week. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Those were two early episodes from The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Peary. I hope you enjoyed them. I should mention that today will be the final regular Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast. We'll still be doing two episodes every week on Mondays and Fridays, as usual, but the Hump Day Happy Hour edition will become an occasional special edition of the show instead of every Wednesday. Real life sometimes intrudes. If you'd like to leave a comment or make a suggestion for a comedy radio show that you'd like to hear on the podcast, visit us at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast and leave a message. That's it for today, folks. Tune in next time for another classic radio broadcast right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Blah, 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 blah,